Hello and welcome, friends, to the Changing Directions Filmmaker Podcast Series presented by 206.com. I am your host, Mark Morin, and I am speaking with award-winning filmmaker Hui Tong, who co-directed the documentary called Curtain Up, which was an official selection of this year's Austin Asian American Film Festival. Hui, welcome to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you, Mark, for inviting me. I'm very excited to be here and uh, share my thoughts about the film. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me today. I want to start off by talking about the subject of your documentary, which is the PS124 Elementary School's Theater Club in New York's Chinatown. Uh, when you first had the idea to make this documentary, what was unique about this particular group and what made you want to tell this story? Of course, trust, you know, I, I was myself a theater enthusiast in college. So actually moving to New York, I started researching and reporting on the uh, Asian communities in theater. So I encountered this program, you know, on a website by a National Asian Artists Project. And I uh, just found out uh, there are some video clips about uh, this group of children, you know, performing, you know, Disney shows uh, on their website. And I was like, wow, like I, I didn't, because even in New York, you know, New York has a like big Asian community, but I, I've never seen like a group of like nearly 100% Asian children. Right. So basically, I went down to Chinatown and I found out that because uh, PS124 school is a very special one. It's part of the Confucius Plaza, uh, you know, the first public housing system in Chinatown. So it's basically like kind of the center of the community, a community school. So uh, when I went into the school, I saw the kids. It's just, you know, there's natural tension here between, you know, a group of Asian kids doing, you know, and a like very iconic American Disney show, right? Right, exactly. Uh, um, that really drew my attention. And I think uh, before coming there, I, you know, I was uh, thinking about making a documentary talking about identity and theater. Um, so um, this kind of combination uh, did perfect, you know, um, uh, initial like uh, motivation uh, or initial drive. I just started filming, I guess the, the next day I saw the kids with my release forms. So yeah. Oh, wow. No, that's great. It's definitely a unique situation there. Now, from what I understand, working with kids can have its challenges just in general. So did you have a plan for how you wanted to approach filming both the kids and their families for the documentary? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question, because the kids, uh, initially they thought we were part of some TV crew. Um, oh, okay. And there, there had been a few other TV crews coming and filming them. So um, yeah, the first few weeks to be honest i mean because the kids were performing also so we, when we first there, went there the kids were doing aladdin and uh william one of the you know, main characters in our film was aladdin so uh they were performing themselves so in front of a so-called tv crew they were definitely very open and talking a lot about their love for theater and stuff like that but then the challenge really came when we actually wanted into wanted to go to their homes right and you know learn about their family lives and that took us, you know, quite a few months. You know, in the film, there's the, this scene about a uh, junior theater festival in Atlanta. So that happened like about three months into the filming. And we went with them, we stayed with them, we, we ate with them, we stayed with their families, with their parents in hotel rooms. So that really brought us, uh, you know, much closer. But I'm just, I'm just gonna tell you this because there's, even after that, there's still like, I think with kids, the thing is the kids didn't understand what the documentary is, to be honest. Understood TVs, right? Uh, but they didn't understand why we are following them for so much, so long a time. <laughs> and actually, after the even after the JTF, I remember so clearly. There was one week when uh, William, you know, because William was a kind of a, a child leader, right? So William, together with some other kids, 
it started thinking that we were stalking them. <laughs> we we knew all of their secrets basically because we were following uh, following them all the time. So for a week, they started resisting our camera. You know, because on the on the screen you can see it so clearly, like their resistance. They're they're being a little bit like passive aggressive, in a way. So we actually had to apologize to their, well, in a way, apologize to their parents, saying that there must be some misunderstanding between us.、Uh, we're just a documentary crew, and you know, we kind of have to explain to their parents what a documentary is like and what we wanted to do. Right? We we not only we're not only Documenting the rehearsals and the perform, but also the you know the the, the cultural topics, right? The family topics. William's mom actually kind of talked to William, and the next week William came to me with some tears in eyes and apologized about you know for for the misunderstanding. And then I, I was、oh, wow. we were yeah, and we were saying like okay, how about we have a dinner right with your parents、mm-hmm. and with some other kids. So after that that dinner, we actually kind of got the access to their families. Uh, we, you know, built enough mutual contract,、uh, mutual trust, you know, to kind of like, you know, document or to 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 create stuff we wanted to do.、So、yeah, that's a good story. I mean, as a f- first-time filmmaker, that's also very inspiring for for me. Oh, absolutely! It's interesting how you're able to to push through that and get them to open up. The movie itself, you know, you created,、uh, you know, because the, they're performing Frozen, so a lot of that performance aspect is just really fun and entertaining. And overall, it's just a really fun movie. And the kids, you know, just being themselves, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. Now, taking my other question a little bit farther, did the kids once you broke through that barrier? Did the kids have a good understanding of the overall story you were trying to tell in terms of some of those heavier topics like representation and the stereotypes? Right.、Um, you know, I, I'd say especially with William, he understood us so well. Like, you know, in the interviews, you can you can tell like he had a lot of like very. Shockingly interesting、uh, right. answers to to our questions. The thing is, sometimes even we didn't even finish the questions, and we could see William had lights in his eyes that he understood our question.、Um, to be honest, I feel like that's also because of the influence from his two bigger sisters. I mean,、uh, yeah, his his bigger sister just graduated from college, learning、uh, English literature and stuff like that. So you know, she's very liberal. She's like. Paying attention to all these like theater, entertainment industry, and representation and identity stuff. So actually, at their at William's home, you know, lots of conversations happening about these、um, topics. Jenny William's mom wasn't、uh, very keen on such topics, but you know, that's mostly from from his sisters.、Uh, Charlotte is a very、uh, reflective person. Child, I mean, she she's you can tell she's definitely more mature than right, than、right. especially than the boys, right? So、uh, she thought a lot. You know, she she would stand there, observe the whole situation, not only the rehearsals but also what happens in you know in America in a way,、uh, or between her and you know her surroundings. So yeah, I was I mean I I was definitely very surprised and amazed by some of her thoughts,、uh, like when I first heard about them, but. I feel like when I understand her, and when I also when we also see her grow during you know during the whole rehearsal process, it's not that shocking because we knew that she was such a you know、uh, meditative person, <laughs> you know. So yeah. Oh, absolutely! You definitely see her growth arc over the course of the story. I'm glad you were able to really show that, and that that makes more sense now how that came about. Thank you. Now you're being from Beijing, and your co-director Kelly, she's from Singapore, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, now, I'm curious what your perspective is on what we're dealing with here in the States as far as the Asian hate crimes and the racism that has spiked, especially in the last year during the pandemic. I mean, I know these are topics you were very interested in and created the film around, but I just, I'm just interested in your perspective versus what I see you know, from my perspective here in America. Right. And I'd like to admit that also like my perspective and or Chinese perspective is, is also a little bit different from a Asian American perspective, if you understand what, what our backgrounds are, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like throughout throughout the filming of this project, both Chinese and I got to understand more from the Asian American perspective because we've never, I mean, I've, I've been in the U.S. for like six years, but I mean, I regard myself as a international student or a diaspora, right? right? So I wasn't born here in the U.S. I wasn't grew up. I didn't grow up here. I mean, say if I'm encountering some like uh, racism or microaggression or stuff like that, I, I could easily say like, okay, you're stupid. It's nothing about me, right? It's not. I mean, I'm just here for a certain period of time. I can leave right. whatever. You know, you you don't you don't say go back to China because I'm from China, right? <laughs> <laughs> so stuff like that. Whatever, right? So right, right. you know, really, really, the, the making of this film, uh, it's. I, I like to say like one of the motivations why I'm making this film is uh, in college and in graduate school, I found a big gap between Chinese Americans or Asian Americans and international Chinese students or Chinese communities. So I wanted to kind of like uh, be more empathetic with what they're feeling and what they're encountering. And, you know, it just happened with the COVID thing. And last year I was in New York, actually, the epicenter of pandemic. Oh, wow. So I, just, I just came back to China last year, like the end of last year. So I spent basically the whole year in New York of 2020. I, I'm very glad to see that, you know, because after the breakout of the pandemic, there's a lot of, you know, this is there's a lot of like stuff about like wearing masks. You know, at the, at the yeah. beginning, it's like, you know, Asian people tend to wear masks, right? And, and on the street, they're like, you're the virus because you're, you're wearing masks and stuff. The stupid <laughs> stuff. So that's when really like even people around me, like even my, my friends around me who are from China, who haven't made a film like, like mine, who would really regard ourselves as part of the Asian community in the US. And we're kind of facing the same stuff, right? Because no one, I mean, those racists, I mean, those people, they don't, they don't, they just judge you by your face, right? So it's, right, right. They, don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't ask you if you're Asian American or you're Asian or whatever, where you're really from. I think to be honest, like COVID, it's, Kind of in a way like a chance for for us to kind of understand each other like by each other i mean like among asians among all asian communities and also like you know after making this film i went we went to you know quite a few festivals not only the asian americans one but some general ones so that really gave us new perspectives on what how like how asian americans were thinking about things even for for me personally i think i made this film more from a cross-cultural perspective because um, those families are like, you know, most of the families we documented are like immigrant families, right? They're watching Chinese dramas at home, but their kids were like really living in two different worlds, right? Their parents are watching right. Chinese dramas. So one of the things I really liked is when William was talking about uh, her, his mom watching all Chinese dramas, Chinese people acting on the TV, but he couldn't understand why his mom said Asian American Asian people are horrible at acting, right? <laughs> so it's it's kind of two different um contexts right. coming together. Right. Like it's totally fun because if you're Chinese you're watching Chinese people on the TV. But here in the US, you're living in the US, it's a totally different thing, right? You you you're facing much more challenges. So to be honest, okay, talking about the Asian American perspectives that I understood that, but still through the through, through this film I feel like I and Kelly 
we still want to provide a more cross-cultural perspective. Mm-hmm. You know that that these kids are living. I mean, we're not just saying like, oh, these kids are also American. My, I mean, that that might be that that might be my bioclis perspective. I mean, she mentioned that okay, this is for them to be part of America, but I think that there's a little bit more nuances and complexity to it that the kids were really kind of living in between. It's their decision later on to like kind of what country or what kind of identity they wanna have as who they are. And actually, you know, even William's sisters were actually thinking about working in China. I guess also because of the all the racism and you know Asian hate stuff after COVID. But you know, it's their it's their decision, and um, I I'm actually glad that for their generation, there's more chance, there's more like options. To be honest, um, so yeah, it's pretty interesting. No, that's really great insight. I think one thing a lot of people don't understand is. You know, here in America, the I guess I'll just say the people who are less knowledgeable or more ignorant about the nuances that you're talking about just see Asian people as Asian people, not necessarily Asian American or from China or from even from different countries. You know, Japan or Singapore or Korea—they're all everybody's just kind of lumped into the same category. And I think that's one thing that your documentary does such a good job of showing is some of those more subtle differences and the nuances of the culture. And that's one thing I really enjoyed was those interactions between, like you said, William and and his mom and and the family. So that that's really good. Thank you for explaining it that way. I appreciate that. Uh, as we mentioned, this was your first feature film. So what was the biggest thing that you learned from making this documentary? Well, that's a good question because you know I I've already started making uh, a second project and I uh, yeah while while making this I was thinking about like what what have I learned from the first <laughs> you know just being a good student you have to learn <laughs> right right, right. <laughs> I think two things one is as I said there's there was a crisis you know happen ha- uh, that happened I feel I still feel like we Kelly and I were not enough honest and authentic to the kids at the very beginning like. Because we were we were kind of like nervous or cautious ourselves, like we we didn't want to turn to lose the opportunity to, or lose the trust from the kids. So we didn't really kind of explain what a documentary is like or what we were there really for, right? I mean, on the on the other hand, maybe it's because we haven't really thought so clearly about what we're going to do. But like, you know, that's correlated. The thing is, like, it might be better to be totally frank. You know that we are here for. Certain topics, we we had some certain story in mind, right? And tell the kids, not not just see them as kids. They're also individuals, right. right? They need to understand what we're doing. When kids thought we we're some TV station, we we're kind of joking, right? Like, oh, yeah, we're a TV station, and some something like that. But I feel like, yeah, I feel like in in terms of that process, you know, that uh, there might be some improvement we could uh, have made. Um, the secondly was, uh, you know, if you if you watch the film, there's a storyline about them going up to middle school. And that storyline, we uh, kind of we, we we felt about that storyline like several months into our filming, um, but we were kind of uh, hesitated. We hesitated a little bit whether to put that in. And when we finally decided to put that in, it's already past some like important moments. So like, I, if, even if it's documentary filmmaking, I feel like while if we do have a storyline and that's going to happen, that story is going to happen in reality. It's kind of better to, you know, plan ahead a little bit, you know, um, to tell your subjects、uh, that we wanted to document this storyline and let us know 
when it happened, you know, we, we thought about filming the moments when the kids receive the uh, middle school application results, right? Mm. We just missed it, you know. Uh, and, you know, William, William got rejected by a lot of middle school, but, but actually, actually for his first round of application, he got rejected. Oh, oh just spoiler alert. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, it, it'd be much better if we, we could film that moment, right? But we just missed, right. missed it. So, um, yeah, you know, find ahead a bit more. So, yeah, we just wish that this project, this com- this current project I'm making, I, I'm kind of like getting over all this, like, <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, but you know, after all, it's a pretty great learning experience, and I am to be honest, Kenny and I were both pretty happy with the, with our kind of product. You know, there's not so much regret. We presented what we wanted to do. So no, that's great. Yeah, the I would say the final product turned out really well, and you know, if you're able to learn something that you can take to your next project, you know, all the better for that. What would you say is the most rewarding thing about making the film? I, just for me personally, Kelly might have a different answer. I one of the reasons I made documentaries. I mean, I've been making like short documentaries before in college and even starting from high school. Is that two things? One is I I love to make friends with my subjects, and I'm very proud. I'm very proud to say that uh, the two main characters, William and Charlotte, I have so great connection with them. I mean, even for now, we send messages to each other like every two weeks or so. I kind of became a kind of mentor role to William, especially, you know, his mom sent me a lot of stuff, asked me a lot of questions, and William was such a great friend of, of mine, <laughs> to be honest, you know, although we're like 15 years apart, but, right. you know, so that that was very rewarding and um, that gave me, because, I mean, it's quite interesting because, like, maybe American audience kind of understand this, but Charlotte's family is from Beijing originally. And William's family is from Canton, like Guangzhou, the southern, southern part of China. So those families are kind of re- representative of two very different parts of China. Right. And it gave me very fresh perspectives of who they are, like even within the Chinese community. So in regard to that, I learned a lot. So that's one thing. But also um, because uh, of the festivals, we, we went in North America, but also, you know, to, uh, it's quite interesting because I just finished a kind of like a China, like a tour around major cities in China of screenings. So I went to like five or six major cities in China with, you know, screenings. And it's really kind of interesting to see how differently uh, American audiences and Chinese audiences are reacting to the film. And since my film is talking about identity, right, talking about living in between two worlds, these screenings and Q&As are themselves, you know, a learning process for me about who I am, like, and, and like how different people react to different things because of their own identities, right? Or because of their own background. And uh, I won't say too much, but Chinese audiences see very different things from American audiences uh, from our film. So uh, yeah, that's super, super rewarding. And that made me think about actually, what, you know, what a documentary is like, right? Like what, what was the value of documentary? If, is it for commercial values? Maybe not, like, I mean, or this kind of documentary is like, it's first conversation, right? And it kind of gathers a group of people uh, who are maybe from different backgrounds, but who are interested in the same topic, right? So during this conversation, people can kind of learn from each other, right, from different perspectives. But because of the same topic they're interested in. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm super glad and it's very rewarding that this documentary could become a platform for people to talk, talk among themselves and share their opinions. So yeah, that's very rewarding. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Now, you had mentioned the film festivals. That actually leads right into my next question, which you partially answered a little bit already. But the documentary 
It had its world premiere in October of last year, and then it's been playing in film festivals literally around the world ever since then. So aside from what you just talked about, you know, and we're talking about the virtual festival experience here in yeah. the States, and then you're talking about some of the in-person screenings right. and, uh, as well. Just uh, tell me more about that experience that you've had since the since the premiere. Okay, that's a good question. So because, uh, to be honest, I was a little bit tired of all the virtual festival <laughs> in North America. It's like, I mean, we've been to like about a dozen yeah. uh, North America. And, you know, it's kind of sad that we couldn't see the audiences in right. person. You know, like we, we always got questions like re rephrased by the moderators. Uh, okay. um, yeah. You know, or we could see some text, right, on the, on the text box uh, on the side. And uh, it's a little bit frustrating, to be honest, you know. But I mean, I'm, I'm happy that we got very diverse questions uh, in a way. And, you know, the audiences are not only Asian American audiences, they're like, you know, say we, 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 we went to like New York International Children's Film Festival. So they're like, oh, children watching, like, you know, general audience uh, and children watching this. So yeah, uh, that's great. And some of the moderators, I, I we really appreciate when the moderators kind of understand. So I, I'm not sure if that, that applies to all the filmmakers, but to be honest, like, for example, like Kelly and I, maybe we have like, say, 20 different things, 20 different points hidden in our film, right? And it's like, uh, you know, Easter egg. And we want the audiences to kind of find most of them. Right, you know, right. So, uh, you know, when, when, the audience, when the audience talk about one scene and what, what we thought about it, we, we were super excited because, okay, that's one of the Easter eggs. <laughs> uh, actually, we, 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 we hide that, right? When we talk about that. So some of the moderators actually uh, really maybe pay close attention to the film and they could um, discover, say, 10 out of 20 ads. Mm -hmm. And that made us very excited. But you know, some, some may, may not be on the, like resonate that much with us. So that's, that can turn out to be a little bit frustrating because there's no like actual audiences there. It's only the moderator and sometimes the moderator direct things uh, a little bit, you know, uh, off our path. Right, way. right. So uh, that's basically our experience with virtual festivals. Although, although it's, it has to be that and a lot of filmmakers are saying like okay we're glad that virtual festivals are still running but to be honest i mean since this is also our first film we were expecting you know like uh, in person and you know uh, communication like that but it's still a little bit frustrated luckily we actually had uh, a couple of community previews before covid uh, broke so um those ones are were great like uh, early 2020 like january 2020 we had to like previews so um and that that was good memory especially compared to my in-person screenings in china we always had like more than like uh, longer than an hour of q a's and people really you know talk to face to face that's just amazing <laughs> yeah and um uh i i guess in the u.s like all festivals are coming back in person right like right. tobacco is in person this year so yeah you know things are back to normal and people can go to cinema that's great yeah i hope you know yeah there there, there might be two or three community screenings in, in in the u.s later this year and uh, I, I may not be there in person but you know it's definitely good for the audiences to see uh, in a cinema and watch our film so yeah we're looking forward to it 
Oh, that's great. I totally agree. There's really nothing that can replace that film festival experience. So I, I really hope that as you said, you're working on another film that you'll be able to get that full experience once you get that one out there, because there's definitely a pro and a con with this. He's, I feel like the virtual festivals have been providing more access, a wider access yeah. to the films that are being shown, depending on how the festival sets it up. But, you know, I've been covering the Seattle Film Festival for years and years, and that's to me one of my favorite times of the year, just being being there with the people and you know just experiencing the movies and the, the reactions and the q a so guys no that's really good insight now okay. is there anything else you would like to add about the documentary that we haven't already covered well so the film is now available on pbs.org uh, you can search turn up um and also also on another streaming platform called viki.com viki.com and you can watch the film so um hope you enjoyed it i mean we're uh, and if you have any questions you can go to our website curtainupfilm.com uh, and we're happy to answer any of your questions we're looking forward to receiving your emails and questions I believe Curtain Up is an important story that people can learn from and hopefully gain some perspective that we're all just people out here trying to live our lives. So I appreciate your efforts in giving that to the world through this story. Thank you, you know, for making the documentary. And also, Kui, thank you for your time. You know, and I, I wish you all the best in the future with your, your projects and, and getting this movie out there to the people. Thank you again for inviting me and I uh, hope you enjoy our podcast and hope you enjoy the film. Definitely, thank you so much. This is the Changing Directions podcast series featuring filmmaker Hui Tong. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review on iTunes, and share on social media. Any way you can support the podcast is very much appreciated. You can find every podcast episode and all of my movie reviews, including my review of Curtain Up, on 206.com. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being a part of this community. This is the Changing Directions podcast series presented by 206.com.